Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everybody. I hope everybody had a wonderful holiday weekend. Welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show. It was quite an exciting NFL weekend, starting with Thursday night football, which probably didn't need to be as exciting as it was, and moving right on into the weekend. We are recording this on Monday, so there's still a a big game tonight between the Dolphins and the Saints, but I'm so excited to be joined by NFL Media's Jim Trotter to talk what is really one of the crazier NFL seasons we've seen in a while in terms of the playoff picture before us two weeks to go. So many things being juggled. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see my fake juggling that I'm doing with my hands. So much discussed. Jim, welcome very much. Welcome to the show. Well, I appreciate it, but I'm not so sure your guests are going to enjoy it because I know nothing right now. It is. (laughs) Well, I don't think any of us know anything. (laughs) I know. It's just crazy. You know, we make the NFL, um, and I get it, you know, because there are only Mm -hmm. 17 games. Uh, every week is, is is huge in and of itself. It's not like basketball or baseball where you've got 162 games. And mm-hmm. so it seems that we live and die with the results of every week, you know? And mm-hmm. I had to write about this this week and talk about how, I mean, let's be honest. If, we're, if, if, if we are truly being candid with the public, mm-hmm. um, the reality is, if, if there is one truism with this season, is that the more we know, the less we know. True. And so I asked this question, for instance, and again, if we're being honest, mm-hmm. when the Colts started one and four, how many, how many of us wrote them off? I 100% wrote them off. When the Dolphins started one and seven, how many of us wrote them off? Oh, well, I just, in, okay, in fairness to that, though, it did feel that they were going full Dolphin. <laughs> Like it was like I think with the Colts we may have been a little unfair with the Dolphins full Dolphin but I think you know the same could be said about the Chiefs I tweeted yesterday remember when we wondered what happened to the Chiefs that was funny right I mean and but wait how about how about the Titans when they lost Derrick Henry yeah. and later three or four mm-hmm. people were writing them off what about mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and again, the Chiefs, you have the Chiefs. There are just so many of these storylines. And then on the flip side, let's look at the last few weeks. How, how many of us said, well, now the Chiefs, you know, or I'm sorry, not the Chiefs, but the Patriots are now a lock to reach the Super Bowl after they had mm-hmm. won seven in a row and whatnot. How many of us said that when the 49ers got on that roll, that this is the team nobody wanted to play, and then they go out and they lose down at Tennessee, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, all these sorts of things that we did, or how many is like me being a guy who lives in San Diego, covered the Chargers for eight years. When they were able to hang on and beat Pittsburgh in that primetime game, how many of us said, oh, the Chargers are no longer going to charge her? And then they turn around mm-hmm. and what do they do yesterday? They lose they to Houston. Charged. So mm-hmm. I say that to say, Tracy, to be completely honest and transparent with your audience, I don't know anything. So while you're having me on this show, I have no idea why you would put your credibility on the line and have me on, but it's just a crazy year where I feel like I I just can't get a grasp on anything that's going on. See, I would make the argument that it makes me even more credible to bring someone on that knows nothing because none of us know anything. So right now the audience is either like, well... I'm turning this off or the audience is like, well, if Jim Trotter doesn't know anything now, I feel better. Let's see what they have to say. I hope it's the latter, but if not, we get you and have a great day, everybody. Wow. Thanks for tuning in. Nobody's going to turn Tracy off. (laughs) I hope not. That's nice. That's a kind thing to say. I don't know that that's true, but that's a very kind thing. I'll make sure to get that Venmo over to you later when we're done recording for that one. I really do. That I do know. No one's going to turn Tracy off. Well, thank you. That just well, that just made my whole day. We could just we could just cut it now and wish everybody the best of luck. But but you do bring up this season to me, and maybe we say this every year. I should go back and listen to podcasts. Not that this one existed a year ago, but podcasts from years past and feel if every year do I say, This year seems crazy. We don't know what's going on. But this year really kind of does. There seems to be as much parody in the league as we've seen in a very long time. Uh, We are seeing a lot of 
streaks going on, though I think the cream of the crop is rising. But let's take let's take the Packers Browns game the other day. You know, this is a game obviously the Packers won. To me, right now, uh, I could be wrong and feel differently about this next week. But to me, right now, the Packers are a little bit the scariest NFC team in the league. Uh, they do seem to find a way to keep winning. They're probably going to get that number one seed in home field advantage. They're going to have a bye, and then everybody has to go to Green Bay. And I don't want to be a spoiler for anybody who doesn't know this. Green Bay, not warm in January. And really a lot, very snowy. I mean, this is that's a home field advantage where the elements, you know, really do come into play. Also not the easiest place to get to. There's a lot of things that, that go in there. So, But they barely beat a Browns team whose quarterback inter- got you know through four interceptions. That last one, I think, was a holding call, and I think that was unfair. But nonetheless, the end of the day on the stat line, he threw four interceptions. And I just think it gets shows that on any given Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, or Thursday, as the case has been, anybody can win, and nobody is a lock to go anywhere. No, I think you're right. We always have this saying that styles make fights. And so particularly when we get to the postseason, I think that's going to be true. Um, I'll say this to you about Green Bay. I have said for some time, the reason I have Green Bay number one on my list, if we're talking about power rankings, is because to me, they have been the most consistent team throughout the year. If you, if mm-hmm. you throw away week one, where they got routed by the Saints, and that was coming off an offseason with so much drama with Aaron Rodgers not being around and the question of whether or not he was going to, going to return. No team has played as consistently and at such a consistent high level as the Packers. And that's why I know they have two games left against Minnesota and Detroit. I know that Minnesota beat them recently. I know that Minnesota is 1-1-1 one, one, and one in its last three games at Lambeau Field. So there is the possibility that the Packers could lose. I just don't see it. I know Detroit plays competitively against everyone. I know Detroit will be there um, in terms of the effort in that uh, final game. But Detroit doesn't have the talent, I feel, to close out against a team like Green Bay. So for me, um, I agree with you a thousand percent. I think that, that the Packers, in my mind, are the class of the NFC. But the reason I cannot say that I believe they're definitely going to the Super Bowl It's because we just saw them lose at home last year in the playoffs. Yes. So they can be beaten in Green Bay. I was actually there the one year when Favre was there, and they lost to the Giants in the NFC Championship game at Lambeau Field in one of the coldest games I've ever been to, where it actually hurt my lungs to breathe in that air. Um, So I, I don't, as much as I say I think that they are the number one team, they will get the number one seed. I'm not at a point where I can concede that they're going to go to the to the Super Bowl simply because of the fact, as I said earlier, styles make fights and it just depends on who they get matched up with. I really like styles make fights. First of all, I'm going to start using it. I've never heard that before. So I hope everyone like me has learned something today, but I really like that. I also want to give the audience an apology. I am not in my normal place and there are going to be ambient noises that you may hear. I'm in my parents' place in Palm Desert. So if you hear a phone ring or a noise, just keep it. Keep it moving, everybody. I apologize. But I like Styles Make Fights, and I think you're right. And the thing is, it's a little bit like the NCAA tournament. Once you're in, everything changes. You just want to get in. Uh, and that, I think, is a big thing for a lot of these teams that can change everything. I think, I mean, didn't we see a team, and I probably should have looked up exactly who it was, but years ago get to the Super Bowl with a 9-7 and seven record and win it? back before when we only had 16 games. I mean, it, it's been some time and I don't, might've been the saints. It might've been, might've actually been the Packers. I may be making this up entirely. Uh, but the point <laughs> the idea being that once you're in, everything changes and you make a really good point. And we did see that last year with the Packers and sometimes, you know, decision-making gets in the way and somebody running a route wrong gets in the way or a offsides call on third in, 12 gets in the way and you just never know. And that's, of course, the beauty and the frustration of football. Uh, So if the playoffs started today, they don't. But if the playoffs started today, it would be as follows. And I'm going to read this because I don't have it memorized. In the AFC, the Chiefs would have a bye, which, again, we talked about the Chiefs. And, of course, what a difference a couple months makes. But they do look about as good as anybody right now. Uh, The Chiefs would have a bye. The Ravens would be at the Titans. Patriots of the Bengals, 
Colts at the Bills. So let's start there in the AFC. If that sounds that sounds about right. The Colts, you brought up the Colts earlier. I just wanted to say, you know, the, the 49ers lost that Sunday night game against the Colts. And I remember asking someone like, is this a team in crisis? They just lost to the Colts and look at the Colts today. I think they would lose to the Colts again. And I'm not sure it would even be a close game. Um, so, you know, it's funny how just circling back to writing people off in the beginning, but let's start with that kind of AFC look. The Ravens, to me, look like a team in crisis today. I mean, they can't seem to win again. I mean, talk about um, grabbing defeat from the jaws of victory. That seems to be how they go. Not this week's game, which was, you know, a a blowout. But they've had a very tough few weeks. I don't think they're going to go far. I think the Titans, we saw them Thursday night, a very depleted Titans team go ahead and and beat San Francisco in in a game that was always going to be tough for the 49ers, but the 49ers really also grabbed defeat from the jaws of victory there. Uh, the Titans, who potentially could have Derrick Henry back for the playoffs, I think they're going to be a tough team to beat. Oh, there's no question. Yeah, no, the Titans are a tough team, period. Um, and part of the reason for that, I believe, is that, number one, they have a style that, that, that usually carries into the postseason. If you're able to play defense, if you're able to run the ball, traditionally – um, you have success in the postseason. If they get Derrick Henry back, obviously that's going to make them that much more formidable. Um, the thing I love about the Titans, too, is that they take on the personality of their coach. They're smart, mm-hmm. they're physical, um, and they only know one way to play. And I love that about them. So I agree that, that that's a team that you can't write off. Um the Colts are fascinating to me. I mean, to start one and four and then mm-hmm. to come back and beat the teams that they've beaten of late really speaks to what Frank Reich has created there in terms of the culture and the expectation. And it also shows the character of that team and those players. So, um, but I will say this to you. I think more than in the, the NFC, I think the AFC, I really do believe that Kansas City is a cut above everyone from this standpoint. Everybody wants to talk about their offense. Okay, Mahomes is right now. He's not turning the ball over the way he was. They're starting to put up points again. I tend to look at the other side of the ball. When you have that quarterback and that offense combined with a defense that during this, what, eight-game win streak has given up more than 17 points only once, that says to me they are going to be a really, really tough out, particularly if they have home field advantage where we know Arrowhead is one of the toughest places to play. So I think the AFC, I don't see it being as competitive as mm-hmm. as the NFC. I think the NFC, for the most part, is wide open. Mm-hmm. Um, but the AFC, I don't see that. Baltimore has just sustained too many injuries. And mm-hmm. you know, with Lamar being out the last two weeks, And this started from preseason with them. You know, they lose their top three running backs. They've lost a couple of offensive. Mm -hmm. Marcus Peters, their offensive tackle, Ronnie Staley. Um, You just go down the line with them. And how they're even in the mix now is a credit to John Harbaugh and that staff and those players because they shouldn't be. But, um, again, I think Kansas City is a cut above everyone else in the AFC right now. And... If they were to lose, I would be more surprised by that than I would anything in the NFC. Well, I'm glad you brought up the Kansas City defense, too, because the defense is an area where the last few years has been considered a weakness. And I put that in quotes because for a team with a defense, that's apparently a weakness. They sure go very far and do very well. And so for them to perform at this level over these last eight weeks is pretty incredible. And no one can point to that anymore. They are now complete, you know, on, on both sides. And I think that's a really big thing. And I think if you're if you have that old adage of defense wins championships and you add in Patrick Mahomes and that offense, I think they're going to be tough to beat Look, all I'll, the way around. I'll say this to you. No matter what they say publicly, there was concern in that organization back when they were three and four. And mm-hmm. I was at the game in Tennessee where they trailed 27 nothing, I believe it was. And that just did not look like a good team at that point. Mm -hmm. And 
they didn't turn it around overnight. It was sort of incremental in terms they just found ways to win early on. Didn't put up a lot of points, but defensively held some teams down. And I think now what's happened is they have built off that. They have stopped turning the ball over. They're creating takeaways. And you get this sense of confidence and energy from them that is so different. So it's a credit mm-hmm. to Andy Reid, his staff, and those players. Um, but I just think they're going to be a heck of a tough out going forward. I have a question about that, actually. Um, and, and I think it is a credit to Andy Reid. But you have a team that was three and four. If there was concern, you have a, a quarterback who was all of a sudden, you know, turning the ball over. You had a lot of things going on there. There was, a, there was a perfect storm for drama, concern, all of the things. Is it coaching that can turn a team like that around? Because obviously there is talent, but that could combust. Is it coaching that really can turn that around? Well, it's a factor. I think ultimately everything comes down to the players in the locker room. I think you win mm-hmm. with, with what's the saying, all pros um, and not Joes, um, right. unless it's Joe Montana, right? Um, right. But um, no, I, I think ultimately, <laughs> I think coaching is a part of that because coaching helps create the culture and the mm-hmm. level of expectation within a locker room and within an organization. And these players believe in Andy Reid and that staff because of the track record. So mm-hmm. I do believe that coaches play a role, but ultimately I also think it comes down to players win games. They have to go mm-hmm. out and execute. And and I believe they have the right players. So And it starts with Patrick Mahomes, obviously. And then defensively, I think when you have a guy like Tyron Matthew, who holds mm-hmm. not only his teammates, but himself accountable. That's some something that permeates the locker room. So I, I, I don't think it's one or the other. I think sometimes we try and delineate these things, and, and I think it's both. And I'm glad you also said that about players win games because, as you know, I cover the 49ers, and it's been a very up-and-down season, as, as you may have heard. In 49ers Twitter, sometimes I'm actually concerned that it's just going to, like, blow up um, and that my phone is just going to blow up in, in, in my face. And there's, you know, a lot, a lot of, you know, a lot of against Kyle and of course against Jimmy. And there's so many things. But I think at the end of the day, players, as you said, do win games. And I want to talk a little bit about the 49ers because I know a lot of the people listening to this podcast at this point are like, um, can we talk a little bit about the 49ers? <laughs> uh, but, but I think, you know, this is a team that on any given week, I consider them maybe on the high end of the mediocre teams. But on some weeks, they look great. On some weeks, they look awful. I think there are a variety of reasons for that. Um, I think you have a roster that has pro bowlers, and then everyone else is okay. And maybe that's part of the problem. There's probably a lot of deep dive we can go into this. But they've been somewhat of an interesting team because you you did have a team who kind of eked out those first two wins. Next thing you know, they're three and five. Then they go on a streak. Can't beat Seattle to save their lives, but then they're you know then they're back in business. Then they lose that Thursday night game, and now of course the, the whole world is coming to an end, and the sky is falling. And this is a team that could win their final two games, end up ten and seven, and still not go to the playoffs. What do you think, from your perspective? Because I'm like in it every day. From your perspective, what is going on in Santa Clara? Oh, look, we knew this was going to be a drama filled season the minute they made the trade mm-hmm. to get Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. so that was always going to be the backdrop of this season. Um, Should the young kid play? Should Jimmy play? Um, Do you keep Jimmy? Do you get rid of Mm -hmm. Jimmy? All those sorts of things. Um, And look, as I wrote this morning, they knew the minute they made that trade what this season was going to be like in terms of outside expectation and those sorts of things. But they made the trade because they believed that number one, Jimmy couldn't stay healthy. They couldn't count on him to stay healthy. Mm -hmm. And they just weren't sure that he was a guy who could lead them to a championship. Okay. You don't make that Mm -hmm. trade. If you believe you have a guy who can lead you to a championship. Absolutely. But what we've also learned is that they feel Trey isn't ready. Otherwise they Mm -hmm. would be playing him. And they believe that, and they believe that Jimmy gives him the best chance to win. Um, I think there are also subtle things that people kind of overlook a little bit. Whenever you make changes on your staff, it takes time to adjust. And defensively, I have seen them get better 
but I've also seen mm-hmm. them give up crucial plays at crucial times. Now, mm-hmm. is that on the coordinator and the coaches? Is that on the players? I know they've had a lot of people in and out of the lineup. I think that some players haven't played up to, to their past. Um, so there, it's multi-layered, and that's why it's always fascinating to me when people like point the finger at one thing. It's this. Mm-hmm. It's not always the first of all. It's not always the same thing every week, especially with that team. Exactly, <laughs> and then and, and secondly, um, that's just lazy and easy. So mm-hmm. there are a number of factors. Well, that's invo- Twitter. <laughs> oh, I know, but there are a number of factors involved. And look, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that Jimmy isn't a big issue here. He is. I mean, they should have won that game down in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, but it goes back to the Super Bowl as well, where he missed Emmanuel Sanders. They win that mm-hmm. game if he makes that throw. That's just the mm-hmm. reality. So mm-hmm. the 49ers, in my opinion, and how's this for great analysis, are only going to go as far as Jimmy takes them. And if he plays Which, well, yeah. they got a shot. If he doesn't play well, they're not going to go anywhere. It's just that simple. And it's the players have said that. And they've said it. It's interesting because they've said it in defense of Jimmy a lot in the last several weeks. We've heard a number of them say it. But to me, listening to them say it, it is in defense of Jimmy, but it's also just reality. And it's also saying we will go as far as he takes us. And that is what it is. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a Jimmy fan, I think, there are those that might even call me a Jimmy apologist. And I would say the other night was on Jimmy. That was, they lost that game because of Jimmy. And that is the problem with him at quarterback. He's not consistent. And he, you know, he's never going to be Aaron Rodgers. He's never going to be Tom Brady. He's, he's always going to be an average quarterback who can play really well. And if he doesn't play really well, they lose. And as you said, that is a lot of why they lost the Super Bowl, uh, probably entirely why they lost the Super Bowl. And that's why they lost the other night. And that just is. And I think what's concerning is these interceptions are, they're so bad. Like you can see them coming from a mile away and this doesn't have to be like a whole Jimmy thing, but you can see them from a mile away. And I think that's just, but that's the reality of what it is. Trey's not ready. He wasn't going to be ready this year, most likely. And this is what it is. And so he's going to be the guy and they'll go as far as he takes them. But you brought up defensively, and, and I can see you might want to say something else about Jimmy, so I'll let you do that too. But I think one thing I'll say about D'Amico Ryans, which has been good for all the injuries and the guys in and out of the lineup, it, I think it's amazing that they've done as well as they have. But you're right. There are guys who are in who in the past have been all pros who are not making plays. It's not just on the guys. It's not on the rookie corner who's starting before he really should start. There are other guys on that team. Yeah, I, I think everything you said is accurate. Um, look, the 49ers are better than what they've shown, or their talent level is better than what they've shown, mm-hmm. put it that way. And that's mm-hmm. why they're a team that I still don't rule out in the postseason if they get hot. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The one thing that Kyle's offense is predicated on is a strong running game. And that has not been a consistent factor for them this year, which puts more pressure on Jimmy. Um, mm-hmm. but look, I, the 49ers are not a team that you can sort of dismiss out of hand because they do have talent and they can get hot. Will they get hot? I have no idea. I, I mean, that's what these players, again, nobody, nobody knows. Yeah, as I said to you, styles make fights and if they get in mm-hmm. the right matchups, they can win it. They can also lose it. Um, so that's what's going to make the playoffs fun. Pete, the late Pete Rozelle is probably smiling from up above because the one <laughs> thing he wanted was parity in the NFL. He felt parity was what would make the league um, even more successful. And what we have now, for the most part, with the exception of maybe two, three teams, is we have parity. And that's mm-hmm. why in the AFC, we only have one team that has clinched a playoff berth with two weeks to play. So... It's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. It is going to be fun. So I want to talk about an NFC team that looked really hot last night. Granted, they were playing a team that looked really not hot. Uh, But I do want to talk about the Dallas Cowboys because I a little bit, and 49ers fans are going to get so upset with me about this, but whatever. I love Dak Prescott, and I like to see him successful. And I think the Cowboys are kind of fun. 
And I'd like to see them go far. I'm sure there are a lot of people who not only just turned this off, but also just like unfollowed me on Twitter. Yeah, I, th- I think you. I think you may have hurt your audience. Um, <laughs> when you said people wouldn't turn me off, I think they just did. Yeah. I will say that if they play the 49ers, I obviously don't want to see them go far. But I think they are a fun football team. Are they legit though? That's what I can't decide. Um, we talked earlier about what 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 travels in the playoffs. And Mm -hmm. they have an incredible defense right now. Dan Quinn has Mm -hmm. done an amazing job with that unit. And it is for that reason that I think you cannot dismiss the Cowboys. Offensively, they've been inconsistent of late. Um, Mm -hmm. Great. They got healthy against against a bad Washington defense at this point. Um, But, yeah, they have the talent to make a run. Absolutely they do. But for me... Um, it all starts with that defense for them. And how many times have we said that about Dallas in recent years? We haven't. Many. So, <laughs> excuse me, I give Dan uh, uh, Quinn a tremendous amount of credit. And when I look at what Micah Parsons is doing, it's just phenomenal mm-hmm. for a rookie who has played so many different positions. Not only played so many positions, this is the key, but has been impactful at every position that he's played. And that's mm-hmm. the difference there. And now they're getting healthy. They're getting people back from COVID, from injury, that sort of thing. Um, I think Dallas is going to be a tough out. Well, COVID may end up being the biggest part of all of it. Oh, without question. I mean, that's, that is really, as we've seen in the last few weeks, and now we're coming off the holidays and cold weather and travel, and there's going to be a surge. And I'm not a scientist or a doctor and all of those things, but... I think COVID could have the biggest impact on the playoffs as anything, as much as any defense or quarterback. Oh, there's no question about that. Um, Look, I, like you, I'm not a doctor, but Mm -hmm. COVID now now (laughs) seems to have become the common cold, where Mm -hmm. even for vaccinated people, we know that the numbers, the data shows that if you are vaccinated, and you test positive for COVID, the likelihood of you suffering serious symptoms or being hospitalized are very small. Mm -hmm. And so how many players have we heard of late who have tested positive and say, I don't feel anything, I -hmm. feel fine, or I I have a runny nose, but that, you know, no big deal, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And so I do think... If everyone in this country were to be tested, I think we'd be shocked by how many people who are asymptomatic actually test positive for COVID. So I do. I bet you are. Yeah, I think we're going to see it is going to be a factor um, in the postseason. And we're going to see more players who test positive um, and who are asymptomatic. So Mm -hmm. it was interesting that the league and the union changed the protocols for how quickly you could get back on the field. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not one of these who subscribe to the theory that it was done um, because of some new data or research or whatever. I think it's so they can get <laughs> the games in, you know. It's 100% why it was done. Exactly. So, 100%. you know, I, look, I'm not supposed to say those sorts of things, I'm sure, because of where I work. <laughs> but the real is the real, you know. It's true and it is what it is. I don't think it's shocking. I think. Thanks, Tracy. Think you got, thanks for getting me fired. Oh, you're so welcome. Well, you know what? You're welcome to come back here anytime. <laughs> this could become the Tracy Sandler and Jim Trotter hey, show. I, I will be there. I will hold you to that. Do not edit this part out. I will not. No, I'm really not a big editor. Okay. <laughs> really, unless I see something really dumb. No, I'm just kidding. But I really don't. I don't edit much out of the podcast unless it really really needs to be edited out of the podcast. So this is staying in there and, and I, I will be held to that. All right, I think we'd have a lot of fun. I'm considering this legally binding. That's fine. Okay. I mean, I'm sitting in my dad's office and he's a lawyer. So I think by, by the transitive property, we've basically signed a contract. Okay. All right. You're so, on. Great. So excited. <laughs> we record Mondays and Thursdays. Okay. <laughs> It's going to be it's going to be awesome. Um, All right. I'm going to give you the NFC since I did it for the AFC. The NFC, if the playoffs started today, Packers have their bye. Eagles at the Cowboys. 
okay, unless things go terribly wrong, I'm pretty sure the Cowboys win that game. But we've, as we've said, you never know. 49ers at the Rams, which would actually be kind of interesting because they will have played them in week 18. So we'll see what happens there. And then the Cardinals at the Bucks. And I'd like to talk about those two teams, actually, because Cardinals obviously started out on quite the hot streak and then they've kind of fully cardinaled. I like that chargering is now we can use it or maybe it's just me for any team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to did they dolphin or they cardinaling? Did they charger? Uh, so now they've somewhat cardinaled as we saw them do last year. Uh, and then we have the Bucks, of course, led by the great Tom Brady. Um, but I don't know that this is the same Bucks team that is going to be able to to pull it out this year. But then again, I have I do live by an adage, which is you never count out Tom Brady. So one never knows. But I just would like to talk a little bit about those two teams and get your thoughts kind of on where they are right now and, and how you see it going in these next few weeks for them. Um, you're right. The Bucks are not the Bucks of last season. They won that Super Bowl last year and made that playoff run on the on on the backs of the defense. Mm-hmm. And that defense is is not the same this year because of attrition. Yeah. They've lost so many players um, that from early in the season, they've struggled to respond to that. Uh, offensively, look, that's a team with a lot of weapons. And I know they've had some injuries and in COVID and this and the other of late. But man, think about it. You lose Mike Evans um, to injury. You lose Chris Godwin to injury. And then all of a sudden, Antonio Brown comes back from a three-game suspension and looks like he's never been gone. It's just ridiculous mm-hmm. the amount of talent they have offensively. Um, but again, I don't think they're going to hold up defensively uh, once we get to to the postseason. Um, I'm trying to remember the games you said. I do think Dallas would beat Philly, uh, probably because Nick Sirianni would forget to run the football. Um, and then the <laughs> like, other, oh, I forgot to do something. Yeah, oh, oh. I knew it. <laughs> and um, as for the Cardinals, I think you're right. It, it when I talked to people there before yesterday's game um or no not yes was it yesterday they all run together now but before they no, played on be- saturday they played yes. saturday on christmas day before the christmas day game and they had lost two in a row including to detroit and i mm-hmm. asked okay what's going on and what i got was that there was not a sense of panic but there was a sense of concern in that they had not come out ready to play in the previous two games against the rams and the lions so I was I was curious as to how they were going to perform Christmas, knowing now that that sense of urgency was there and whatnot. And then they run into an Indianapolis team that's one of the hottest teams in football in terms of the mm-hmm. efficiency level with which it's playing. But I'm I'm concerned about them from this standpoint. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins is not going to be back until the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray's play has slipped of late. He does not seem to be seeing the field as well as he should, or he did earlier. Another thing that 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 I'm curious about is that here we are late in the year and he and AJ green do not seem to be on the same page. Um, Mm -hmm. There've been a couple of times in recent games, even going back to the loss to green Bay where Mm -hmm. they were not on the same page, but even more than that defensively, what I'm concerned about is all of a sudden they're giving, giving up uh, big plays at crucial times, which is something they did not do early in the year. And so when you Mm -hmm. put all that together, that gives me real pause about the Cardinals at this point. Um, and you have a head coach there who is acknowledging publicly feeling the pressure of how outsiders view him as this college coach who got fired and hasn't gotten it done with the Cardinals. Look, the reality is a lot of people were surprised that he wasn't fired at the end of last year. And in fact, mm-hmm. the owner, Michael Bidwill, actually had him defend himself in their postseason meeting and say, why should I bring you back? So he knows that he's on a very short leash. And in fact, I go back to their first game against the Rams in LA where they bullied the Rams. I think it was week four Mm -hmm. and they bullied the Rams and, and won big. And I remember I had talked to Michael Bidwell after, and I said, Hey, this game kind of felt personal knowing that the Cardinals had lost eight in a row to the Rams and whatnot. And he said to me, I don't know that it was personal, but it was damn important. And so when I passed that message along to Cliff and said, yeah, you know, just talk to your owner. He said, you know, it was personal, but it was damn important. The look on Cliff's face 
And then his response told me everything. He said, yeah, that was communicated during the week, which tells me that he is feeling heat from his owner. Mm -hmm. So um, I think this is going to be a a huge stretch run for the Cardinals. And I think Mm -hmm. the playoffs are going to determine whether or not there will be substantive changes or not in Arizona. I think it's really tough when the head coach is publicly acknowledging that there's pressure. Absolutely. And I think especially at this point, uh, and I, I, I think it's going to be a rough go and they're, they're going to run into some teams that are playing very well. And I don't, I don't know if, if the Cardinals were to play the Bucks weekend one, I don't, even with all the things we just talked about with the Bucks, I still think they, I think they beat the Cardinals. But I'm not gonna dis- who knows? I'm not going to disagree with you. Um, trust you me. can. No, no, I, <laughs> no. If, if I felt strongly, I would. But I don't. I don't know that you're wrong. Um, but again, I'm probably the worst prognosticator um, among the NFL media. So take that for what it's worth. <laughs> you guys, I hope you join me for today's episode. I have the worst prognosticator on NFL media. Tune in. I'm actually a terrible prognosticator as well. The only thing I've been good at the last couple weeks is I keep, I've either, I picked the 49ers to lose to Cincinnati by three, but they beat them by three. I picked them to beat the Texans. I mean, not the Texans, the Titans by three, and then they lost them by three. I seem to get that right. I'm wrong on the score, but I seem to be right about the point differential. Um, But, you know, and this is a little bit my fault too, because I, was picking them to lose a number of games, which they lost, by the way. And then, of course, people get upset. And they're like, you can't be keep picking them to lose. So then I tried this thing where I was like, all right, I'll be positive. I'm going to pick them to win. This is my own fault. They've lost, you know, all those games. Um, <laughs> so that's this is probably on me. I should pick them to lose the rest of the time. It's always the media's fault, Tracy. Never forget it's that. Always. Never forget that. It's always my fault. For sure. I asked uh, Kyle Juszczyk a question about COVID and someone told me I jinxed the team. And I was like, yep, that's if it goes, if they get a COVID outbreak. It for sure is because I asked that question and my apologies. Oh, but you're Lord. right. It's always the media's fault. Help but me. God bless it. That's the beauty of it. Otherwise, we wouldn't have jobs. <laughs> you know? So I, since I don't, we're about to join forces. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. I just, I can't with some of the things we get. You know, I just, I, I just can't. Anyway. I, I just, but yes, uh, but you know, it is what it is. And that's just, that's the beauty of what we do. It's what makes us laugh. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so before I let you go, I'm going to make you do, okay. So there's a couple of things. One of them I gave you a heads up about one of them. I didn't, and I apologize, but I did this to, to Steve Weish. I did it to Mike Silver. I did it to Amy Trask. So I'm going to do it to you too. And it's not nice. And I apologize in advance. But I would make you give me a Super Bowl prediction. Who's going? Um, the prediction I made. Oh, you, by the way, had the best reaction to this of everybody. Everyone else is like, come on. So I appreciate that. No, nah, it's all good. I get it. The, the prediction <laughs> that I made uh, midseason was Green Bay over New England. And mm. if I were to do it now, I would say. I'm, I would say Green Bay over Kansas City. How's that? And I am going to go similar but different. I'm going to go Kansas City over Green Bay. Yeah, I could see that. Um, we didn't get the Aaron Rodgers-Patrick Mahomes matchup during the regular season. So um, so it, it's only fitting and right that we get it in the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. I'm also thinking of those uniform, uniforms. It's going to be like Christmas in February. Oh, yeah, and so we should focus on focusing on the important things. Yes, <laughs> but yes, Christmas oh, in February good. in LA. But that is going to be. I'm just thinking. Ooh, that'll be that'll be fun. All right. So then the last thing I'm going to make you do, which I did give you a heads up about, that we do every week on this podcast, is the good goat, bad goat of the week. And for those listeners that are new, we today say the goat is the greatest of all time. But there was a time where the goat was the person who blew the game. The goat was not not a positive. So we do this and it's just strictly for the week at hand, your good goat, bad goat of the week. And as the guest, I always let you decide, would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? I'll go first. I mean, I'll I'll embarrass myself first. Um, (laughs) So 
I don't know how you have a good goat. That seems to be an oxymoron, but... Um, well, it's just, it's a, like, you know, just kind of... I will say it, this. Right. Okay, good goat, good goat is Antonio Brown, that someone could lie about yeah. their vaccination status and vaccination card, get suspended for three games, and then come back and dominate in his first week back. So I'll make him a mm-hmm. good goat. How's that? Okay. That's fair. I'll give him that. I'll give you that. Do you want to give us your bad goat or you want me to go next? My bad goat is actually Matthew Stafford. And I know they won mm-hmm. yesterday, but mm-hmm. it's it's starting to trouble me to see a quarterback as experienced as he is just throw the football up in the harm's way when there is pressure on him. We saw the one against Tennessee where he's back in his own end zone or near his end zone. Instead of taking the sack, he just throws it out, you know, to no one in particular except for a defender. And then yesterday we saw the same thing um, where he, he got pressured and just threw the ball to no one except the defender. And look, he's on three in the playoffs while he was in Detroit. He continues to do that. He's going to be on four in the playoffs, although this year with a much improved, I mean, a much better cast around him in terms of the Rams. So he would be my bad goat. He's too experienced. He's too talented to be making rookie mistakes like that, particularly at this point in the season. And I'm so curious to see how he does the playoffs because I have not subscribed to the theory yet that he's an elite quarterback who is just on the Lions. I just, I have not subscribed to that theory. And I think the jury is very much still out. So I think this playoffs, to me, this playoffs solidifies that one way or the other. Well, I, I'll say this to you. I think, he's an, I think he's an elite quarterback, but I don't think those losses in Detroit were all on him in the playoffs. So, and that's the thing that frustrates okay. me a lot of times where, where we start talking about quarterbacks and people talk about win, their win-loss record. Um, right. Or even their interceptions. You know, look, I can accept mm-hmm. interceptions when somebody makes a good play on the ball or whatever. But when you do dumb things like just throw it up because you're pressured and you know as a veteran, you're taught, take the sack, move on to the mm-hmm. next play rather than the turnover. All coaches preach ball security. That's what gets me. I will give the defense their credit for making a play, but mm-hmm. not when you just give it to them on a silver platter. So. I think Matthew's an elite quarterback, elite talent, um, okay. elite arm strength. But um, I don't think all those losses in Detroit were on him in terms of the playoffs. But you mm-hmm. can best believe that this time around, he's going to face a type of scrutiny, particularly from the media, that he has not faced before. So he would want to be on his game. And I'm not procrastinating my good goat, bad goat, but I have one more question in that in that realm with the Rams and with everything they've done this season, anything less than a Super Bowl victory feels like it's a failed season. Absolutely. I mean, when you go all in, you push your chips to the middle of the table to get Stafford. You go out and you get Von Miller. You go out and you get Odell Beckham Jr. When you do all of these things, you have said, we are all in. And they've acknowledged that. So there's no question, Mm -hmm. anything less than a Super Bowl win, it is a failed season for them. But you know what, Tracy? We could also say that about 31 teams in the NFL. True. So I'm not, That's true. I, I don't want to pick on the Rams, but you all play to win that, that Vince Lombardi trophy, and only one team gets to, to hoist that thing. So um, you could say that 31 other teams failed, you know, other than the Super Bowl champion. But for the Rams... There's no question this was an all-in season, and if they don't do it, um, it's going to be fascinating because the moves that they made are going to just like up in Seattle. When you go all-in, it starts to affect you down the road because you lack mm-hmm. the draft capital and those sorts of things. So you better be, excuse me, you better be damn good with your mid and late round picks because if you're not, and the Rams have been good with them, but if you're not. Mm-hmm. You're going to set your franchise back for a while. Well, it'll be interesting to see. I'm very curious. I mean, neither of them, neither of us picked them, but will there be a home team in LA? Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. We have a month and a half to find out. The answer is I don't wrong. think so, but I could be wrong. That's why they play the games. Well, then both of us are wrong, which is it's good that we'll be doing a show together. Yeah, we'll we'll have to change the name to the the We're Wrong Show, and that's fine. I think people will, I think people will relate to that and tune in. 
Right? <laughs> like I'm wrong all the time. You know? Can't wait to hear them. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Jim and Tracy are wrong again. Like, like it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Jim and Tracy are wrong again. Right. I'm, I'm very excited about it. I'm good. <laughs> um, all right. I'll do my good goat, bad goat. Um, my bad goat is Baker Mayfield. And I'm really glad I picked him because you were just talking about interceptions. The four interceptions, even though we talked about this before the pod, I, I don't think that fourth interception was really an interception because there was, it was, but there was holding and, and there were things. But I just feel like, Baker Mayfield is at a point, especially at this point in the season, where he needs to establish himself as a quarterback, obviously, that that can win, that can take you to the next level, that can get this Browns team to the playoffs. He complained about Odell. There's no more Odell. And I just think it was it was a poor showing on Christmas Day from Baker Mayfield. And so he is going to be my bad goat. And it kind of kills me if for no other reason than I love those commercials. And I'd like him to stay in the league because I really enjoy the at-home with Baker Mayfield commercials and I'll be sad. He'll stay in the league. I mean, I think he's not going to be in the league, but I'd like him to be relevant. So he's still in the commercial. Yeah. I, to me, that's one of the more fascinating storylines uh the off season because, mm-hmm. and this is just me. So don't take this as if I'm hearing this from someone in the organization. I do not believe that they believe 100% in Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that they will have a better option, which means what? You're not going to give him the money that he'll want. Does that mean you franchise mm-hmm. him, which means you're paying him more than, than obviously you want to pay him? So I'm fascinated mm-hmm. to see how the Browns are going to handle this situation when we get to the offseason. I am as well. I, I am de- definitely fascinated to see. And then I am going to give my good goat of the week – I'm going to give it to Dak Prescott. I said earlier, I really like Dak Prescott. They scored a lot of points yesterday. I know they were playing the Washington football team. I know that that win was not on all on him, but I, I really like Dak and it, and I'm just, I'm being a total, I don't think Homer is the right word, but biased fan girl. I'm being, you know what? I'm on brand. I'm being a total Dak fan girl. I, I just think he's, Yep, I see what you did there. This is why we're going to work so well together. No. <laughs> At the end of the day, you bring it all back. But I'm just going to give it to Dak. I don't even know that he deserves it, but I'm going to give it to him anyway because it's the Christmas season. And I think we saw him, you know, when we saw him got hurt, get got hurt, I can speak English. When we saw him get hurt last year, you know, there was a possibility he was never going to play football again. So... You know, that was that was an important game for them. And I, I'm just giving it to Dak, even though I probably should give it to Micah Parsons or Trayvon Diggs instead if I'm going to pick members of the Cowboys. But see, I'm still, I could have good goats. It's my show. Yeah, I'm still <laughs> trying to figure out how you have a good goat. <laughs> well, you're basically like the greatest of all time of the week or you're like the bad goat. So maybe you should just be the goat bad goat. Oh, OK. All right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm I'm getting there slowly. I'm kind of slow, but I'm getting there. You know. Well, the, the great thing is when you come on as my co-host, I'm totally open to suggestions, and we can mix things up. Okay, all right. It's it's cold out here in San Diego, as you can tell how I'm dressed. So I'm 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 a little slow to warm up to figure these things out, but I'm getting there. It's okay. I mean, I think you do make a valid point, and so maybe I should just call it the goat bad goat of the week. Okay. All right. I'm, Maybe Cappy just made a noise again. So I'm not, I think she agrees with you. <laughs> I don't think she agrees with me on this. <laughs> right. No, it's all good. But, <laughs> but all right, Cappy, are you proud of yourself? She does. She always tends to make herself a part of a podcast. It's actually kind of incredible. Believe me, mine would too if she could. I've got her fenced off though. When you've got a 140 pound German Shepherd, you got to, she'll, she'll definitely take over the show. Put it that way. A 10-pound chihuahua mix is a little bit easier to deal with. (laughs) Sort of. Much easier. Sort of. Uh, Well, this was really fun. I really enjoyed talking football with you. You sound like you know a lot, even if you don't think you do. I don't. I I don't know any. I'm I'm telling you, you know, what's that line about trying to fool the people some of the time? So I'm I'm just trying to make my way through this because I don't have a clue. Every time I think I know what's going on, Hmm. Um, the Chargers Charger, and I realize I don't know anything. You know, that's there's there's, there's things you can deal, like count on life, death, taxes, and the Chargers Chargering. You know, it's like 
I said to someone recently, um, I know this isn't a Chargers show, but, you know, you go back, I started covering them in, I think, 96. And the only time, so how many years is that? Um, 25 years ago, something like that? Mm -hmm. Uh, Terrible with math. But the only time they've ever had an identity in those 25 years, in my opinion, was the Marty Schottenheimer years where you knew what you were getting. Mm-hmm. All the other years with this franchise, I just never know, you know? And and every time I think the culture has changed and a young guy like Brandon Staley comes in and does some things differently and all of a sudden everyone's saying, man, this is not the same old Chargers, they revert back to form. So now that I've said that, you watch. That's their identity. <laughs> no, no, you watch. This team is now going to go on a run. And probably go to the Super Bowl, so you will have one LA team in the Super Bowl. Who knows? But um, what if we had two? No one in this country would watch the Super Bowl. That'd be it. Um, Chargers Rams does not. I feel like there'd be a small group of people watching it. I don't know. Uh, Justin Herbert, what he was voted the starter for the Pro Bowl, so it had to be some folks. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it had to be some folks outside of LA voting for him. Uh, that's true. So we get a few. We get a few. I think people actually people might also hate watch. Like I can't believe it's two LA teams in LA. Yet they'd be kind of fascinated. This probably isn't going to happen, but if it does, I would like to say at minute fifty one thirty four of the Tracy Stanler show on this week, we nailed it. It's the only time I would have nailed it. <laughs> no, that'll be the tagline for our for our show. Yeah. That one time we were right. Yeah. <laughs> Giving there you go. new meaning to hit and miss. So. <laughs> so many misses in one hit. You know, you know. It's going to be great. Yeah. So. Awesome. No, I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much for being here. And if you guys like what you heard, which I know that you did, make sure to leave us a five-star review and follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. I'll talk to everybody later. Bye, y'all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.